and, and grows us and takes us from glory to glory. And this year we're focused on going to new levels of glory in God. Amen. That he can take our life and use it like he wants to. Right? Alright, so let's make this faith declaration. Say this after me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Slap three people, high five, and say it's time to use your faith, boo. Amen, amen, amen. All right, well, open up your note sheet, your welcome packet. So you can follow along with the sermon this morning. You have a clipboard there on your seat so you can um, put your note sheet on there. You can follow along, take it home with you. Use this as your study guide all week long to begin to study um, uh, what faith is and how we use our faith. That's what we're going to be looking at today. If you don't have a pen, raise your hand and let the ushers come and assist you with a pen. Because you're going to need a pen to follow along and fill in the blanks this morning. you don't have a pen, raise your hand. Everybody got a pen? Everybody's been served? Raise your hand. Do you need a pen? Or are you just scratching you going to move around here. We'll get you. All right. Everybody's got a pen. Oh, we need some pens right here on the front row. Who needs one? Oh, she, she doesn't have a note sheet. So, Jack, if you could give her your note sheet, then you can get you another one. Can you give her your note sheet, Jack? Yes. Oh, y'all need two note sheets. Okay. We'll get you taken care of. All right, well, I'll let him do that while we get... Anybody else, you don't have your note sheet. You don't have your welcome packet. You don't have a note sheet. You don't have a pen. Anybody else need a pen? You need a... What did you need, sis? You need anything? See, don't I told you, don't put your hand up. Like an auction around here. Gotcha. All right. Everybody taken care of? Anybody need anything? All right, do you know the name of the person on your left or on your right? All right. All right. So let's do our smiling exercises. Y'all smile real big. We're the people of God. We got joy in our hearts, right? We're saved on our way to heaven, set free, delivered from all our past mistakes and all our old ways of life. Our old sin is behind us. can never catch up with us again. We are on our way to a heavenly place that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place before you. Amen. So it, we got good news. We, we ought to be smiling. So can we, with that in mind, can we just smile one more time? That's so good. That's so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Did you flash the person next to you a big, big smile? Let's have somebody a big smile. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm talking about. We are happy people. Amen. Well, we are focusing this entire year on the manifested glory of God. That God will manifest His glory in our lives to the degree that we give ourselves to Him, to the degree that we draw near to Him. He says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. So He says um, you know, that we should ask and we'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So we should always be seeking. To, you know, you're never going to get to the end of finding God or knowing Him completely. We, can, we are always going from glory to glory to glory. You never get to the end of that degree of going from glory to glory. You never get to the end of it. It's just when you think you know God, He shows you a whole other side of Himself. Amen? So we're, we're pressing in this year to manifest God's glory in our lives, that we grow from glory to glory. But I'm believing God for the manifestation of signs and wonders and miracles for God to really reveal himself in this hour and this day. I'm believing God for a great revival that we're in the, the revival that was spoken of by the prophet Joel where he said in the last days I will pour out my spirit on what? On all flesh. He says your sons and your daughters, the old and the young on all of us he's promised to pour out his spirit upon us. Amen. I'm ready to see the spirit of God just break out. Amen. But we have to give ourselves over to Him. Make more room for Jesus. Make more room for His Word. Make more word for Him to grow big in your life. Amen. Like uh, John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that He can increase. So I keep giving Him more and more. Apostle Paul says, I die daily. I die daily so that the life of Christ can live in me. I'm 
crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I live by the faith of the Son of God. So today I want to start talking about, we've been looking at purpose since the beginning of the year. We've, we've talked for about six or seven weeks. For six weeks we talked about purpose and walking in our purpose. God is glorified when we walk out His created purpose for our lives. And that is to really glorify and magnify Him. Amen? But one of the things that is the most important thing that you'll study after you give your life to Christ is how to use your faith. Using your faith. Jesus talked about it probably more than he talked about anything else. About what the kingdom of heaven is like. He'd get so frustrated and fed up with the disciples. I, I read it. <laughs> I was reading it last night where they couldn't cast the devil out of the boy who had uh, he, he had uh, uh, epilepsy. And he, the, the demon would try to throw him in the fire and throw him in the water. And uh, Jesus said, man, how long have I got a phone with y'all? Where are y'all ever going to get this? How many miracles have I done in front of you where you see it just takes faith to do it? How, how much longer do I have to put it? When are y'all ever going to get it? He just got, he, Jesus talked bad to him. I'm like, man, Jesus, ease up a little bit. Well, that wouldn't go over well today because we're all, everybody's so sensitive. Don't talk to me like that. I'm sensitive. Jesus was like, what's wrong with y'all? Come on, it's about time you start using your faith. Amen. I'm not going to talk bad to y'all. I'll leave that to Jesus. So let's look at living by faith. You know, the quality of life that we have in Christ Jesus, the quality of life that we have in Christ Jesus is really more up to us than it is to God. A lot of people say, you know, why does, if God is on the throne, then why do so many bad things happen in the earth? Why? Why are people starving in Africa? Why are things like this happening? I'm like, that's a very, very simple answer. Because God is not in control of the earth. We are. We are in control of the earth. He put us. He made the earth for man. He says the heavens of the heavens are for God. But the earth, he's given to mankind. So it's up to us to be the difference. It's, it's up to us to use our faith to partner with God so that the, the, the things of God will manifest in the earth. God is counting on us. He sewed us into the fabric of time. He could have had you living in the dark ages, and that would have been your 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 faith project. All right, man. But he didn't. He chose you to, to live in the year to 2020. He chose you to live right now to use your faith to bring his will to pass in the earth. Amen. Amen. So praise God. He put you here for that purpose, to use your faith to bring to, so that the will of God would be done in the earth. See, if if the will of God was automatic. Why would Jesus tell us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Why would he tell us to pray that prayer? Amen. So God needs us to partner with him in the earth to bring the things of God to pass. Amen. So that's why we have to be, you know, focused like people who are heavenly minded. Not so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We still live in the earth. Amen. But we have to be mindful of the fact that, that God expects us to use our faith in order for us to lay hold on what He's already done. He's already saved, healed, delivered, made whole, set free. He's already done these things through the work of the cross. It's already, finished. it's already done. But it's up to us to use our faith to bring it to pass in the earth. So number one, God has called us to live by faith. He's called us to live by faith. What makes us different from any civic club? What makes us different? The supernatural power of God is available to us as, us as believers. A civic club is just a civic club. It's just what people do in the natural. I'm sure they do some wonderful things. I don't even know what a civic club is. But what makes us different is that we are the children of God. And that we are here to manifest the, the power and the presence of God with our faith. That's what makes us different. Amen. Because we're, we, we walk in the supernatural. And uh, He's a supernatural God who can do more than we can ask, think, dream, or imagine. He's always bigger than we can think. Amen. He's always got more. So Hebrews 10.38, He says, But my righteous ones will what? Live by faith. Would you underline that on your note sheet there? My righteous ones will live by faith. 
So we walk in and we expect the supernatural, or at least we should. We should not be just hey, sirrah, sirrah. Whatever happens, happens. Wherever I end up, I end up. I guess it's just God's will. No, God wants us to chart a course for better in our lives. Chart a course to bring His will to pass in the earth. So we should walk in. We should be expecting the supernatural. Second Corinthians five seven says what? For we walk by and not by sight. See the earth. The earth is focused on worldly things. Focused on what they can see with their eyes. They're not entertaining the supernatural that's available to each and every one of us. Look at faith. Faith is the assurance. Belief. Faith is the supernatural power of God made available to me so that I can transform conditions, circumstances, and situations based on the will of God. Alright? I want you to say that with me again, starting with the word faith. I want everybody to say it out loud. Ready? Go. Faith is the supernatural power of God made available to me so that I can transform conditions, circumstances, and situations based on the will of God. Now I want you to say it one more time. Say it like you mean it. Come on. Go. Faith is the supernatural power of God made available to me so that I can transform conditions, circumstances, and situations based on the will of God. So the supernatural power of God is available to you to change your situations and your conditions and, and things that are going on, amen, in your life. So Hebrews 11, 1, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. So our faith, we operate in a realm where we, we operate in a realm that we cannot see, but we know. We know. Because of God's Word. Because of His Spirit that lives in us. Don't forget that God has given us discernment. You know, discernment along with the Word of God. You know, it's Black History Month. And uh, I watched uh, Harriet, Harriet Tubman's movie the other night. Has everybody seen that? You haven't seen Harriet? I think it's on, it's on Netflix. You haven't seen it? About Harriet Tubman? Y'all. Oh my gosh. Did you see it? Okay. Listen. Y'all need to watch it today because it is, it gives me goosebumps to even just think about it. She was so powerful. She wasn't even five feet tall, little bitty woman. But she decided she wasn't going to live in slavery anymore. And she walked, ran a hundred miles to, to make it from where she was. Wasn't she in Maryland to, to Pittsburgh? She went from Maryland to Pittsburgh? Oh, from Philadelphia to, to Pittsburgh. To Philadelphia. A hundred miles. And, and she would just stop and close her eyes. Because she knew by the word of God that, she, that this wasn't the will of God for her life. But she needed a word from God about which river to cross. Which direction to go. Which way to go. She, she needed to hear from God. And then she would sit, she'd close her eyes and she, she could hear. And she, and she would go that direction. And so when she, she got there by herself, she said, I can't stay here. Knowing that my mama and my husband and my sister and them are still there. I can't do it. i got to go back for them. And the guy said, are you crazy? She goes, no, but I know. I saw, I had a dream. I had a vision. i got to go back for them. And she goes back. She goes back so many times and brings back 70 people. 75? 75 people she brought back. Yeah, she was getting chased by the dogs, by people, but the dogs would go another direction. Because she'd stop and say, Lord, show me what to do. She, she's holding her pistol in one hand, and I forgot what she had in the other hand, and, and everybody was scared to go in the water. Y'all know black folks don't like the water, right? <laughs> yeah. So she, so she, here, here she goes. She showed her bitch. She's like, she gets down the water, it's like to her knees, and everybody's on the on the side watching, like, is she gonna make it or not? And she goes down into the water, and she just keeps going. The water gets up to right here. She stops, and she said, "Lord, show me which way to go." And she just keeps going until she walks up out of the water on the other side. Then everybody else followed her the same path that she took. She did that seventy-five times. Not only that, but this little woman was the only woman and a black woman in that day during the Civil War to lead the Union Army to go and um, bring back a whole other shipload of people who were running for their lives to escape. She commanded an army. Wow. Yeah, into battle. She, she told them what to do because the Lord would tell her what to do and she'd tell them what to do and they were successful every time they trusted her so much. 
Wow. So it's not just about knowing the word of God and acting on it. But we have a day by day, moment by moment relationship with him. Where he'll tell you, if you ask him, if we stop, we ask him and say, Lord, holding yourself up, which way do you want me to go? I mean, it's that critical sometimes, the decisions and things that we have to make. Amen. Amen. So I encourage everybody to watch that, uh, that movie. And so faith is the confidence that we hope for, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. You know, the world lives by odds and statistics and uh, by trends. You know, the world, the world judges and lives by things that are going by the odds, by the statistics. You know, people like, like that don't normally make it. You know, you know um, Harriet proved that, you know, God has nothing to do with odds or statistics. Amen. And uh, so he's called us to live at a higher level of living, being transformed to see the kingdom of God that's not visible to the naked eye. The kingdom that's spiritually discerned and functioned in. Romans 12, 2, look. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed, Transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't act like the world. We don't, we don't conform ourselves to this world. But we're transformed by the renewing of our mind into these faith people. Amen? Faith partners with God. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? That you would glorify Him. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. So we have to get in line with his thoughts. Hebrews eleven three. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. So God created everything with words. By, by having a vision for something different. God didn't look in and say, it sure is dark. He looked in and he said, let there be light. He called light from out of himself because God is light. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. And then God saw that it was very good. Everything that he made, he made it by speaking. Everything that we see, it was made by the word of God. In the beginning, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amen. So that's how he created us to live too. That we don't look into our situation and get in agreement with darkness. We don't look at our situation and get in agreement with sickness. We don't get in agreement with poverty or lack or less or I've been fired from this job. Okay, God, where's my next job? Where's the next thing you have for me? Amen. So we don't look in and get in agreement with darkness. But we look in and we say, let there be. Amen. Let there be provision. I'm a tither and a giver, so I have a right to expect men to give to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I have a right to expect plenty to come to me. And now, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I look in and I declare the Word of God over my situation rather than getting in agreement with what I see. Amen. We, we don't get into agreement with stuff that's not in, in line with the will of God. Amen. Alright. So, number two, faith pleases God. You know, um, as I was talking about how the world lives by statistics and by trends and by you know, um, things that are just, you know, the norm, by the odds. You know, I, sh- I never should have made it. But if I was going to live by the odds and the statistics, I shouldn't be standing here today talking to you. I shouldn't be a teacher. Hello. Amen. I didn't even finish high school because my, my situation was so jacked up. Amen. All right. I, sh- I shouldn't be here standing. But see, God causes you to defy the odds. He caused you to be able to come out of things that people would never believe you came out of. You come out of the fire, you don't even smell like smoke. Amen. God is able to help you defy the odds. Hallelujah. Statistics don't apply to you. But you've got to decide it. You've got to choose to, to get in faith and change your situation rather than get in agreement with it and say, Oh, well, this is the best I'm ever going to do. Faith pleases God. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's what? Possibly you cannot please him if you're not in faith. Look at Abraham, Romans 4, 3. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Because he believed God. God called him out from a comfortable life. A comfortable situation. And I'm convinced that some of us are just too comfortable and mediocre. We're too comfortable right where we are. See, Abraham could have had a nice, comfortable life in Ur. 
but he would have never become the father of a great nation. He would have never been what God planned for him to be if he hadn't believed God and, and left everything that was comfortable, everything that was familiar. If he hadn't left it and gone out to a place, what place? A place he didn't even know where he was going. God said, come out. He says, to where? Just come. I'll show you. I'll show you. That's called faith, y'all. And that's how God wants us to live. That we don't settle for mediocre. He could have been a mediocre man and it would have been fine. He just would have been, you know, with all his ancestors. But he leaps out of history as a man who believed God. And God asks us to just believe him. Amen. And to step out at another level. To dare to believe that you can defy the odds. That you can defy the statistics. That you can be more. Amen. So if we're going to please God with our life. Number three, we must develop a possibility mentality. A possibility mentality. Faith makes the impossible possible. So we got to understand that the start of overcoming odds and statistics in my life is by believing God. Amen. Psalm 27, 13. I would have lost heart. This is David. I would have lost heart unless I had... Believe. Put a big old circle around the word believe. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. So David had an opportunity here where he could have lost heart. Listen to me. He could have lost heart. He had two things in front of him. I could lose heart. I could believe I'll see the goodness of God while I'm in the land of the living. I'm going to choose to believe. Amen. So you always have the opportunity to say, eh, not today. Or to say, I'm not going to lose heart. But I'm going to believe that I'll see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. How many of you want to see the goodness of God go to another level in your life? So the word of God is truth and truth always overcomes the facts. You know, my my first pastor, Brother Don, he used to always say, it's all subject to change. Everything is subject to change. To be subject means that you're subjected to, you, you, you must submit to. So everything is subject to change and we can change things with our faith. So I remember that uh, he used to tell this story all the time, and uh, I'm not sure if you were there, sis, when um, when this ha- when this happened, Linda, when uh, Brother Don went out and laid hands on a water well that was in the front of the church. The water well would not pump water; it would not pump water. And he had the the, the water well guy come out and look at it, and the water well was um, table across the street. He said, "Well, I just." This well is only 200 and some odd feet. I just drilled for water across the street and it was like over 350,400 feet. So this well, this well ain't never going to pump water because the water table has moved, shifted. It's, it's lower now than it was. So this, you're going to have to replace the well. He said, thank you very much, sir. As soon as the guy left, he got some people to come out there and lay hands on the well. And he told that well what to do. He went out there, put his hands on the well. Him and I think brother Bob. And uh, they put their hands on the well and, and commanded that well to work. Do you know that well started pumping water? And it pumped water the whole time we were there. Twenty-something years, I believe, they were there at that, they had that church. That well never stopped pumping water. But he was a man of faith. He was a man who was willing to confront things with faith. Yeah, I can pay the money and let him do it, but where's God's glory in that? How does God get glory when I just pay the man? Well, I praise God. I mean, you can do it either way. I give God the glory because I had the money to pay for it. Amen. Or I give God the glory because I, I decided to be a man of faith and lay my hands on it and tell it what I wanted it to do. That's what God did when he looked at dark. He said, dark ain't okay. Light be. He went out to the well and said, I want this well to work. Well, you will pump water in Jesus' name. They went and flipped the switch and started pumping water miraculously and never stopped uh, pumping water. Right. You've got to believe that, that anything is impossible with God. I mean, anything is possible with God. Faith makes the impossible possible. So, and then, um, what else was I going to tell you he did? Oh, yeah. He drove up to a mall because he wanted to get the seal. They, they, uh, this mall, I forgot what it was. I think it was County Country Mall. Do you remember that, Linda? Yeah, he went, he went to the mall because they, they had given him the mall. They were going to tear it down. They said, he said, I want the seal so I can build a church. I'm going to bring it to the north side and build a church. So he goes over there um, knowing that he's about to take down a whole mall. In a Buick. With a blowtorch and a crowbar. 
field and he said, okay, you gave me the mall. Then, Lord, you've got to make a way for me to receive it. He said he got up to it, got ready to take the first whack, and here comes a truck pulling up. And the truck, the guy driving the truck, he said, hey, are you that preacher who's going to take the seal out of this building and haul it to the north side and build a church, have church in it? He said, yes, I'd be the very one. He said, well, I've got a fleet of 18 wheelers. They're between jobs. They're not doing anything right now. He said, I'll send a crew over here, and we'll help you tear the roof off. So this, this company ended up, do you remember that, Linda? This company helped him tear the mall down, put the steel on the flatbeds, bring it to the north side, just down to, if you go that way on 1960 and turn right on Tice Road, and go, go down around the windy road, it's on the left-hand side. The steel is still standing. That's about all that's still standing, but it's still standing. He did build a church in it because God had told him to start a work in the 1960 area. Start a work in the 1960 area. So I, I know I got saved in that church. I got baptized in that church. And I believe the work of that church is still going on right here through me. Amen. Amen. So um, God told him at one point to go to a certain bank. I told him, I'm telling you this, I want you to, I want to put flesh on this. So, you know, a real person who really used their faith and God did some amazing things. So he goes to this bank because God said, I want you to go to this specific bank. And I want you to ask them to borrow certain amount of money for building this church. So he goes to this, this little bank. He goes and he sits down with the guy. And he said, I need to borrow such and such so I can build a church. He said, you're a church? He goes, we don't, loan, we don't loan money to churches. And so he said, well, are you sure? I mean, we have good credit. He said, we do not loan money to churches. And he got up and he walked out. But, but Brother Don said, um, God, I know I heard your voice. This was the bank you told me to go to. I, I obeyed your voice and did what, what you told me to do. So now it's in your hands, Father God. I thank you that I acted on my faith, that you're going to move mountains and make this work for me. So this guy's son, who was the banker, had gotten saved. And he invited his daddy, his unsaved daddy, to go with him to church. To this little, you know, little white country-looking churches where you sit on the back pew. There's nothing behind you but a wall. Yeah. Well, that's this kind of church. So this guy goes in, and there's his son who's a, a teenager, and he's just so excited. He's on fire for God. And the, the guy sits down on the very back row, nothing but a wall behind him. And he says he hears a voice behind him say, Why won't you loan that preacher any money? He said, Whoa. And he looked around, and he didn't see anybody. He said, A few minutes later, he said, I heard it again. Why won't you loan that preacher any money? He said, I don't know, but I'm going to do it now. <laughs> So he went to work and he called Brother Don. Brother Don went and uh, he told him the story. And he said, Preacher, how much money do you need? Oh. He loaned him the money and he built that church. And I got saved in that church. I got baptized in that church. I began to serve God in that church. Amen. So you have to decide you're going to believe that more is possible than just what you see with your eyes. You have to believe that we're living in a, in a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. Yeah. And he's able to do more than just what can be done in the natural. Yeah. Amen. Mark 9, 23, it says, If you can believe, how, how much? Oh. All things are possible to him who believes. So believe means to commit to trust. Just total trust. Really, that's what believing is. I just commit to trust you, God. I commit to look at this word, and if it says I'm healed, then I trust you, God. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to call ten friends. I'm not going to post it on Facebook looking pitiful. <laughs> Amen. We, we really dig up our own harvest when we do that kind of stuff. Yeah. We cancel out faith. So you can't be double-minded. You, be, you can't be double-minded and wishy-washy. The, the Bible says, let that, not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. So you can't be double-minded. Amen? You've got to believe. That means to commit to trust, total trust. Mark 10, 27. With God, all things are possible. Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus was blind. Blind. But he hears that Jesus is healing folk. So he starts to cry loud as Jesus is going by. Jesus! Jesus! He's making a ruckus. Everybody's like, shut up. You're making so much noise. You're going to bother Jesus. But he kept crying out even louder. It made him cry out even louder. Jesus! Jesus stopped. He got Jesus' attention. He stopped. He said, bring him to me. Then everybody's happy. Oh, wow. It's your lucky day. Get ready. Get up and come on. Jesus is calling for you. Come on. You know, everybody was telling the hush before, but now. It's your lucky day. 
Don't you love when Jesus acknowledges you and other people won't? So Jesus, uh, he gets him and uh, he, uh, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, that I might see. He said, you believe I'm able to do this? Yes. And then look what Mark 10, 52 says. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you. Y'all. Your faith has made you. Come on now. Yes. Made you. Your faith has made you well. You see, did I put a blank there for you that says your faith has made you with a blank? Okay, what's your blank? What's your blank? This is you. You fill in your own blank. Your faith has made you prosperous. Your faith has made you married. What is it that you're believing God for? Your faith has made you. Put something in that blank. Do it before the end of the day. If you can, something comes to mind right now. Your faith has made you for your ministry. Your faith has made your faith. His faith made him well. I don't believe Jesus really had to touch him. He said, your faith has made you prosperous. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you promoted. Your faith has made you married to the best husband in the world. (laughs) I meant to bring it today, but you know how you can feel when you've failed at something? That you might as well just mark that off of your list. That's just not for you. But I see, even though I failed at marriage, I still had a desire in my heart to have a good marriage. The devil couldn't cancel that out. I still believed that I was worthy. I still believed that I could have it. I still believed that there was somebody there for me. And it was just two weeks after I almost gave up. I can still see myself laying across the autumn in my living room crying out to God. I don't want to live by myself. I hate being by myself. I hate it. I wanted a husband. I wanted... And and two weeks later... I had a little little, um, plaque that I bought that said, And they lived happily ever after. And I just kept it in my office so I could see it. Because I still believe in the fairy tale. I still believe that, that, that God would send me somebody that I could live happily ever after in a happy marriage where, you know, where we're good to each other. We like each other. We, we're best friends. Amen. And God did it. It was a desire of my heart. So now I have that little plaque that stood in the place of my faith. It stood, it stood there to remind me of what I was in faith for until it manifested. It sits next to my wedding portrait with my husband. And he's the best husband. I mean, I don't know y'all think y'all's husband is all that, but mine is really the, the best. Y'all, y'all all, you know, got y'all Valentine's gift? Okay, 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 okay. Y'all calm down. But my husband knows me. He knows me. He loves me and he knows me. You know what he got me for Valentine's present? 50 new church chairs, baby.
So develop a possibility mentality. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able, him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church. Amen. So to him there's glory in the church as we operate according to the power that works in us. God's able to do it according to the power that works in us. Do y'all see that? He's able to do it according to the power that works in us. What's the power? Faith. Amen. Luke 7, 15, the apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Woo, that's a prayer we ought to always be praying. God, show us how to increase. Show us how to walk at another level of faith. Number four, the will of God does not automatically come to pass. So if you're just sitting there waiting on God to just make it happen, it ain't never going to happen. God makes a move and then you make a move. Or you make a move and then you, really you got to make a move first. Yeah. And then God makes a move. So 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4. God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So we see that it's God's will that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, right? But we also know over in Mark that, that he said, you know, go and preach the gospel to every preacher. He said some will be saved and be baptized and some won't and will be damned. Well, that's because, you know, his will is that they'd all be saved, but not everybody's going to choose it. Amen. So the will of God is not automatic. He is depending on us to use our faith to cause his will to come to pass in the earth. So so um, this is what makes faith so, so necessary. Number five, the promises of God are received by faith. So you've got to know what the promises are, but you've you got to know that what receiving from God is always you, there's a measure of you using your faith. When you get saved, you used your faith. You used your faith when you got saved. When you believed in Jesus Christ and you confessed it with your mouth, you were using your faith. That's the faith process right there. Amen. Look at Galatians 3.14. It says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Faith. So we receive the Holy Spirit through faith. But really, you can, you can say... You, there's anything that is of God that is a promise from God, you receive it by faith. Amen. So all the promises of God received by faith. The message translation says we are all able to receive God's life, His Spirit, in and with us by believing, just the way Abraham received it. So we receive, uh, we receive from God by faith, by believing, the same way Abraham received righteousness by just believing God. So look, here's Romans 10, 9, and 10, the, the um, faith process. That you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth his confession is made unto salvation. So that word saved is actually the Greek word sozo. So what you're getting there with salvation is so much more to be saved, delivered, protected, healed. To preserve, to do well, to be made whole. You know, God just wants you to do well in life. And that comes with your salvation. When you confess Jesus and receive Jesus, that, that comes with the package. But if you don't know it, you're not going to receive it because it's received by faith. So you've got to know that it's the will of God for you to do well in life. Not just struggle and scrimp and barely get by. God wants you to have a good life. That, that glorifies Him. That you be uh, the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Amen. He wants you to be the lender and not the borrower. God wants you to live a blessed life. That's the good thing about God is that He doesn't want you to live all broke down. You know, that you that you live a broke life so that you can magnify God. That does not magnify God. Amen. Some people take a vow of poverty. We're not taking a vow of poverty. Why? Why? Why would we take a vow of poverty? That is not of God. God says, I came that you might have life. Have it more abundantly. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants us to have an abundant life, not a lack life. He said that in the 23rd Psalm. We like to read it at funerals. But he says he leads us into the green pastures. He leads us by the still waters. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Amen. He, he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows with blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 115.14 says, May the Lord give you what? Increase more and more you and your children. So don't just release your faith for yourself. Begin to speak over your children. I thank you, Father God, that none of my children will ever live in lack. Thank you, Lord, that you lead them and they hear your voice and the voice of the stranger they will not follow. You open up doors of favor for them. You're keeping them. They walk in your ways. They're a joy to love and to raise. You're speaking over your children. Increase over your children. Let their minds be 
the wisdom of God. Let them be open to, to receive witty inventions and go on Shark Tank or, or something to make plenty of money for them and for, for my grandchildren's grandchildren. Then none of my descendants will ever have to struggle. Hallelujah. Said he's faithful to, to, the, to the faithful for um, a thousand generations. He pours out his love. He pours out his goodness on a thousand generations for those who walk uprightly. So you ought to be speaking and declaring that over your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. Amen. So number six, faith starts where the will of God is known. So you've got to know what the will of God is or you'll just accept a less than life. Matthew 8, 2 through 3 says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy left. Uh, his, his leprosy was, clean, was cleansed. Okay, so this is a leper who the law says you don't touch a leper. A leper's got to stay the you know way out here. If you touch a, le a leper, then you got to go be unclean for seven days, and then you got to go wash and come and show yourself to the priest and make sure you don't have leprosy. So, so lepers didn't get to be touched. But Jesus said he didn't just say I'm willing to be cleansed. He touched him. How long have it been since this man had been touched? Jesus touched it. I'm, I'm bigger than leprosy. <laughs> I'm bigger than sickness of any kind. I'm bigger than death. I am bigger than, than the, I'm bigger than the law. It's called, it's called grace. Whoo, that's good. So he says, I'm willing. See, we see God as somebody who may not be willing. He's willing. He is willing to fix it. He's willing. We just have to stay in faith. Amen. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will. Where do we find His will? In the Word. In the Word. Amen. And then also, just get that picture of Harriet Tubman. Lord, which way do you want me to go? It's that, you know, it's got to line up with His Word. But Lord, which way do you want me to go? That you instantly hear the voice of God. Amen. Amen. So, so it's not just the Word that we know His will, but we, we are in a, a real spiritual relationship with him where we hear his voice. He hears us. He hears us. He's, he's our father who's in the secret place. He says, when you go into your room and you shut the door, pray to your father who's in the secret place. And your father who sees you in secret. You won't see him, but he sees you in secret. He sees you. He will reward you openly. Is in the secret place. Yeah. And his will is to bless you. His will is his word. But then sometimes he'll tell you specifically how to walk out of a situation. Amen. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. First John 5, 14, 15. So if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Even if we don't see it immediately. We know that it's ours. It already belongs to us. You've got to believe you receive it at the moment that you ask. Because listen to this. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us. Um, whatever we ask, we know we have what we ask of him. So we know he hears us. Your father who sees in secret, he sees you in secret. He, he sees you. So we know that he's heard us. And so then we know that we have it. So we can come out of the prayer closet not looking sad anymore. We can dry up our tears and we can get a, get a level of joy that people can't understand. Joy unspeakable. Peace that passes understanding. Why? Because I've been with Jesus and I've asked according to His will. So I know I have it. It's just a matter of time before things change. Hallelujah. Alright, number seven. Faith is released by the words of our mouth. So if you're not talking faith, you're just still thinking about getting in faith. You've got to speak those things that be not as though they already were. Already done. Speaking those things that be not as though they already were. Mark 11, 22 through 25. Have faith in God. God wrote this, y'all. This is the Bible. This is the Word of God. It's all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, y'all, we talk too much about our situation instead of talking to it. So we need to talk to the mountain. If anyone says about the mountain, no, 
doesn't say if anyone says about the mountain. It says if anyone says to, to this mountain. Would y'all put a big circle around that? A big star, a big heart, spit on it, put some blood there, whatever you got to do. But I need you to get that you ought to be going around talking to stuff. You know, when, when my car was no longer safe to drive because it had those airbags in it, you know, it did all this stuff. It was in car shows and everything. And uh, it was no longer safe to drive. One of the airbags went out. I took it to the, the car place to get it fixed. They made me sign a piece of paper when I left that said, um, this car is not safe to drive. If you get in a wreck, um, it is not my fault. You're on your own. And I had to sign that piece of paper. So this car was no longer God's best for me. So I started talking to the car. And I said, car, you are no longer God's best for me. I call you replaced in Jesus' name. But until you are replaced, you will take me where I need to go with no stress, strain, or struggle. You understand? Amen. So I told this car what it was getting ready to do. I call you replaced. There's some things in your life you need to walk around and talk to it and call it replaced. Call it, you, you are not God's best. For, there's some people you probably need to. You are not God's best for me. I call you replaced in Jesus' name. Now don't go tell your spouse. That's your spouse. That's your decision. That's your person. Stuck like Chuck on the bus. You, you, you mind, you mind. Amen. Hallelujah. But you, you, there's some stuff you need to call replaced. So I called it replaced. And I didn't just call it replaced. I, I went online and found out the exact car I wanted. I wanted a new Chrysler um, 300 that was white with the little, I wanted the clock that was shaped like this. It's, I had a round one. I wanted that. I, for some reason, I loved the little clock. You know, we buy cars for crazy reasons. But I wanted the little clock. And uh, I wanted it to be white. I wanted it to have the silver like package on it. And it was just totally upgraded. That's what I wanted. I found out what they cost and everything before I had any money. Before I had any money to go get another car. Within a week, somebody had called and said, if I give you $10,000, will you sell me that car? I said, come get it. And the car was gone and I had $10,000 to go get exactly the car that I wanted to get. It happened within a week. Things change when you start talking to them. When we used to own the property on Lee Road, y'all know where that, that, that uh, what do you call it, water tower is on Lee Road? It says mud or something on the side of it. We actually sold them that acre to put that on. Or we gave them the acre, I can't remember which. But we had 19 acres there. And uh, we, it would get to where you could not drive to the back where my house was. So I would have to park my car at the front. If you drive into that neighborhood, that's exactly where our driveway was. If you turn to the right and pull around, it's exactly where our driveway was. Went all the way, 20 acres to the back, to the very back. When you get to the back corner of the cul-de-sac, that was where I lived. And Because we were going to build a church on that property. Long story, I'm not going into it. But the thing was, was that I could not drive my car to my house. I would have to park at the front of the driveway, put on my water boots, and I would have to walk all the way to the back of the property. Now, I thought I was really suffering for God. It was pitiful. You know, I wore it like a badge of honor. God, I'll do this for you. I'm carrying all my stuff. Got an umbrella and a flashlight. It was ridiculous. And we already had the money to fix it. It was just too wet. We had already paid the people to come and put the road in. But it was just too wet. So I need to know you can't buy that to fix it. So I had to use my faith. Finally, after I had gotten sick of it, it had been months and months and months of walking back and forth in the mud from the back to the front and the front to the back. Finally, one day as I was leaving to go this direction, I finally figured out how to park in the, in the neighborhood right here in Kenswick. And then I could just hop the fence and, and come in. But it was still hopping a fence. Who wants to do that in their pantyhose? <laughs> so I'm walking out and I stopped. And I just looked at that road. I said, road? I command you to go in, in Jesus' name. And I left. I came back home that night. The next morning, I hear this, this loud noise outside. I go outside, and this company who could not put the road in before because it was too wet was pumping water out. They brought big pumps in. They were pumping it out. And the road went in that next week. But things happen because you talk to it. Stop talking about it and start telling it what you want it to do. They He told the well... You will pump water. And the well was still pumping water. Probably is still pumping water. Amen. Amen. So you've got to start talking to things. The day I decided to sell my studio, 
at a photography studio in Old Town Spring. I walked in. Kenta was with me. I walked in one night. I said, my heart is not here anymore. I'm ready to sell this studio. As soon as I said that, the phone rang. It was like 8 o'clock at night. I had a staff that answered my phone. I never answered my own phone. But that unction within me, come on, Harry Tubman, said, answer the phone. The Spirit of God. I picked it up. And it was a girl that I had mentored from Spring High School in photography. And she said, um, hey, I heard you're selling your studio. I had just then decided to sell my studio. I had not told another person. She said, well, my aunt's been telling everyone she's going to buy your studio. So God had already, before I even got the memo, God had already raised up somebody to have a faith confession declaring that they were going to buy my studio. So I told her what I wanted, I would sell it for. She came, 30 days later, she had the keys, I had the money, and I was out of the photography business. But it was because I made a decision and I spoke it out of my mouth. we got to stop talking about things and start talking to it. Amen. Amen. So it's, faith is released by the words of our mouth. So have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, I think this is something we really need to pay attention to. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive it. So that your Father in Heaven may forgive you your sins. It's not worth holding on to it. It's going to hold up your miracle. The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus was in a hurry to go somewhere else. He was on a mission to go pray for Jairus' daughter. But this woman had, had declared, had heard that Jesus was healing. She'd been sick for so many years and had given all her money. Like 12 years she had a flow of blood. For 12 years she'd been to doctors. She'd given them all her money and she wasn't any better. In fact, she was worse. So she decided that she was going to be healed. Now Jesus is on his way to go heal Jairus' daughter. But here's this woman with this issue who has said, If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made well. So how did she get her healing? Look at A. She pressed through obstacles. She pressed through obstacles. The Bible says that she pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the crowd. Did y'all get A? She pressed through obstacles? Okay. So, see, I think sometimes we don't want to press. I think we think things are supposed to be so easy. In this age of there's an app for that and uh, drive through and this and that. I just think that we don't want to have to press for stuff. But I'm telling you that sometimes you got to press. It doesn't have to be easy, y'all. It just has to be possible. I don't mind pressing. I don't mind pushing. I don't mind doing my part or doing what I have to do. Just It just has to be possible. And with God, all things are possible if I can just believe. So she pressed through obstacles. Matthew 11, 12. The kingdom of heaven does what? It suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. you got to get a little more violent than you've been in the past. All right? Then the NIV says forceful men lay hold of it. Forceful men are women. We lay hold of it. Amen. B. So A, she pressed through obstacles. B, she had a faith confession. She had a faith confession. Are you sure, Pastor Sally? Yes, she did. Mark 5, 28. For she kept saying to herself, If only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. She kept saying it to herself. If I can just... I don't even need him to acknowledge me. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need, I don't need him to I don't need him to even look at me. If I can just brush my hand across the hem of his garment, I know I'll get my healing. Yeah. Amen. So uh, she had a faith confession. So you've got to have a faith confession. What are you speaking over yourself? What are you declaring? It does matter. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Your words will steer your life. See, her faith was intentional. Faith is intentional, y'all. Faith is deliberate. It's calculated. It's conscious. It's on purpose. Too many of us are just waiting on something to happen. I'm just waiting. But God is waiting on us to be intentional. I-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N-A-L. To be intentional, deliberate, calculated. Luke 8, 46. Jesus said, somebody touched me. Yeah. In the New Living Translation, Jesus said, somebody deliberately touched me because...
See, um, he was walking through a crowd on his way somewhere, so the, the crowd was thronging him to, to go as he's going to heal Jairus' daughter. You know, and, and I mean, they were all around him. And he said, wait, he stopped. Now he's on his way to an emergency. But he stopped and said, who touched me? Somebody touched me. Peter and him like, Jesus, you're tripping. Everybody's touching you. We're all around, all these people around you. And, and Jesus said, no, somebody deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. You know, some of the things that you do in faith have to be so intentional that it causes Jesus to say, I felt prosperity go out of me. I felt the windows of heaven just brought down some blessings in somebody's life. Amen. I feel somebody just drew on me. So tithing is intentional. Stop waiting to feel like tithing. Stop waiting to feel like you can afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. Because tithing unlocks the supernatural power of God in your life. Jesus said, who touched me? When you tithe, it's not about thinking about tithing. It's not about just putting something in there. But when I get in agreement with His Word about tithing, that 10% belongs to Him. It doesn't belong to me. The Bible says it's holy. Get it out of your house. When I gave something, it's not about giving something. I'm going to trust God for what He asked me to give. And that's the 10%. So I give that 10% back. It's scary. Sometimes it's scary. Yeah, i got to step out and i got to trust God. But this is the only scripture where God says, Try me now in this. Not next week. Now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of tithing and to have the windows of heaven open in your life. I'm telling you, you can't afford not to do it. It's intentional. This woman was intentional about what she did. If you're intentional about 2020 and 2020, then you've got to get in on what he says to do if we want that kind of blessing in our life. I don't want just what, what my own job can do or what I can do on my own. I want the supernatural, profuse power of God, all sufficiency, grace to come upon my life so that I always, in all circumstances, have plenty enough to give into every good work. Hallelujah. But it's intentional. It's intentional. You have to decide, I'm going to trust God. And you step out and do it. Hallelujah. So she was intentional. Somebody deliberately touched me deep. Her faith changed her circumstance. Luke 8, 48. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Daughter, your faith, there it is again, has made you. Your faith has made you. Your faith has made you. Amen, y'all. Do you get that? Your faith has made you. Do you understand that you can use your faith to make your circumstances change? All right. So while he was still speaking, they came and said to Jairus, your daughter has died, so why trouble the teacher any further? And look, here's what Jesus said. Jesus popped up in Mark 536. He said, look. He said, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Verse 8. People who do not understand the faith process may ridicule you. People who are living by sight and not by faith, they don't get it. They don't get it because you know what? If you're not a child of God, you can't even see the kingdom of God. Let the man be born again. You're blind to the things of God. It's foolishness to those who are perishing. But it's not to us because we have our spiritual eyes open. We're able to see the power of God. We're able to see the power in His Word. Amen. So... So people who don't understand the faith process, they might ridicule you. But that's okay. They ridiculed Jesus too until they saw the results. Mark 9, 24. He said to them, make room for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. They're like, oh, really? We've been in there, dude. She's dead. Who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Oh, She's just sleeping. No, they all start to make a commotion and play flutes and scream and holler. And they, they would make a big deal when somebody died. And they had already hired people to come in and, and mourn for the girl. And Jesus is like, hey, hey, make room. The girl's not dead, but she's sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put out, Jesus put them all out. Don't entertain people who don't get it. Don't listen to them. Don't sit around and listen to what they have to say. Don't listen. Oh, you giving your money to that church? Yes, I am. I am a tither and a giver, and, and, and it's just a matter of time before the windows of heaven pour out such blessing. I don't have room enough to receive it. You just watch and see. you got to be bold, just as bold about it as, as, as uh, the world is. Amen? About being ridiculing about it. It says, but when the crowd was put outside, 
He went in and took her by the hand and said, Talitha Kume, which is to say, little girl, I say to you, arise. And the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. So the word goes out that Jesus can do mighty things. Two blind men hear of it. As Jesus is going the next place, two, two blind men hear it. And it says that, uh, that, that these blind men began to follow Jesus. Wait a minute. They're blind. That means they had to be listening. That means they had to be listening. That means we got to be hearing, y'all. Two blind men heard him and, and were able to follow Jesus, follow so close. They began to hear an unusual excitement. Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. Faith rose in their heart. And two blind men made their way to follow Jesus. They followed Jesus and they cried out to him. They cried out to him, heal us, heal us, heal us. Matthew 9, 28 through 30, Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. So he told the two blind men, you believe I'm able to do this? Yes, we do. Then according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. Message translation says, become what you believe. Uh, verse 30, it happened, they saw. So Jesus said, become what you believe. Become what you believe. Whoo, that's powerful, y'all. Become what you believe today. Become what you believe. Become what you believe. It happened, they saw. Whoo, that's good. That's good. If y'all if y'all ain't happy, I know I'm happy today because that was I preached myself happy this morning. Hallelujah! Give God some praise. We're going to another level of faith, another level in Him. Hallelujah, Lord! We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's been sown in our hearts, and God, we just thank you that we're growing in our faith. That we're hearing so much word that Lord, the spirit of faith is coming to us. Lord, we are. Like they that have the God kind of faith. We speak those things that be not as though they were. We are leading our lives. We are charting a course for our lives by the words that we speak. So Lord, we ask you to help us. Help us anywhere that we have unbelief. Any area where we're not in faith. God, we ask you to show us. And then Lord, let us be quick to respond. And to get ourselves in faith, Lord. So that you can do the mighty and the miraculous. We know that you're able so, Lord, we're expecting the mighty, the miraculous, the exploits of God to be manifest in our lives so that, Lord, you can be glorified. Thank you, Father. We, we declare that we're living our best life now. We declare that we are all tithers in manifestation. Lord, this year, we're releasing our faith together that we would all become tithers in manifestation so that your prophetic word of plenty, plenty in 2020 can come to pass in our lives. So we declare every member, every member, is a tither in manifestation in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We declare that the windows of heaven are open for us and you're pouring out such blessing that we will not have room enough to receive it. According to your word, you said you'd rebuke the devourer for our sake. So we call and rebuke now in Jesus' name. That, Lord, you're increasing us more and more, us and our family. You're making us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Lord, we are filled with faith. We are, we are the blood-bought, born-again children of the Most High God and we are full of faith going about doing the greater works that Jesus said we would do. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We don't see things like we saw when we came in. That, Lord, we go out and see with our spiritual eyes and do the works of God. Thank you, Father. We receive it. In Jesus' name. Although our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Let me just say to you, you can't, you can't get to heaven based on the merit of someone else. You can't work your way there. You can't be good enough to get there. You can't be bad enough to not get there if you believe. There's not one horrible thing you may have done in your life that God can't forgive. But He deals with us each individually. You have to receive them for yourself. The free gift of salvation. It's free, but it costs God everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So each one of us have to receive Christ 
on our own. Each one of us have to be forgiven for our sins on our own. So I'm going to lead you in a really simple prayer. If you really mean it in your heart, your whole life begins new again today. You become a child of God. Forgiven for everything that you've ever done in your life that was against God. You're forgiven for it all. You become, a, a, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. All your sins are washed away. It's as if you never even sinned. It's just so wonderful to be a brand new, a brand new child of God. I remember the day that I received Christ. I could almost feel the burden of sin lifted off my shoulders. I was 31 when I knelt down in my closet and threw my hands in the air and said, God, I give you my life. I give you everything. I don't hold anything back, but you, you, you take it all, God. Take it all. I give you all that I am, all that I have. And from that day forward, my life has had meaning. It's had purpose. It hasn't been without struggle. My goodness, I've had some struggles. But God has been faithful to me through it all. And I'm telling you, he's going to be faithful to you. Just trust him today. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die on that cross for me. The sins that I committed. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life. I want a real relationship with you. Teach me, guide me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at me. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, you got to let somebody know. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven, and here's how I'd like you to do it. The little connection card I asked you to fill out in the beginning. Make sure that you fill it out so that we can read it. And then on the back, there's a little place where you can put a check mark that says, Yes, I choose Jesus and choose him as the Lord of my life. And so what you're going to do is take it to the back over here to where um, uh, uh, Ernest is. Mr. Ernest is going to be in the checkered shirt in the back there at the VIP Welcome Center. We have a special gift for you. We have some information we want to give you about what to do next. It's so important that you get on track with God with your next steps. And so we have a little pamphlet that shows you what steps to take next in your journey. you got to get baptized, amen, to show the world that you identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. You need to get in this word. We have classes on Sunday mornings at 930, a firm foundation class. We encourage everyone to get in the firm foundation class that's never been through it. And then we lead you into leadership development. Then you want to start serving God. You want to become a member of Acceleration Church. You can sign up for all of this on our app. So if you don't have the Acceleration Church app, you want to download that. But once again, you prayed that prayer this morning, you got to let somebody know. Take your card to the back and uh, turn it in. Just be sure and put a check mark on the back so we know that you made that decision for Christ. All right? Well, it's offering time. Yeah. All right. Well, this is the time in our service where we um, give our tithes and offerings back to God. So the best way to give is through the Acceleration Church app, or you can use your... Uh, envelope, which is there available for you. 